Welcome to Firmly Planted Podcast, where we are seeking to be firmly planted into the scriptures for our everyday lives. I hope you enjoy the show. Click subscribe and let's dive into God's word together. Welcome back to Firmly Planted Podcast. It's your host, Tyler Eanes, and I am so thankful and honored that you have joined me here. Um, before we get started, if you want and if you are willing, go ahead and click the subscribe button. And I would love that if this podcast uh, speaks to your heart, encourages you, or challenges you in any way, uh, I would be honored and thankful if you would share it uh, on social media and give it five stars. Uh, give it a like, and uh, that will help uh, help us get it out into the world faster and more efficiently so we can get firmly planted into the hands of the people who need it to be deeply planted, firmly planted in the scriptures. This is going to be a different kind of episode, um, and one that I'm honestly not looking forward to doing. Um, this topic is heavy on my heart right now. Really did not want to do an episode on it. Um, was actually going to just take a break from the podcast this weekend and just think and mull over some of the things that have been coming to light concerning Ravi Zacharias. And if you do not know who Ravi Zacharias was, um, he recently passed away. Last May in 2020, he was a Christian apologist. He went around the world um, defending the faith, uh, not just defending the faith, but giving answers to things and, and questions such as why is there suffering in the world and answering uh, Hinduism and Buddhism and different world religions and showing the truths of Christianity from a biblical perspective. But after his death, there were some allegations that came to light concerning some sexual uh, misconduct. And so RZIM, Ravi Zacharias Ministries, they took into account some of the things that were being said. And to see if it was true or not, they hired an outside investigator, the Mueller Investigation Group. And they spent the past three or four months looking into... Ravi's life. He has now uh, passed away, but these allegations were beginning to come more frequently and what seemed to have more validity. And I have read through uh, the investigation they just recently, this past weekend, released the full 12-page investigation detailing what they did, how they did it, why, all of the ins and outs, what was said, what they found out, everything. And from reading that in detail, my heart is deeply troubled. Um, I am just a I'm just a small voice. I do not have a huge platform, as many people, whether it's on YouTube or, or even on the plot, even on the podcast uh, network. But I felt uh, a, a need to address what is happening, and I'm not going to go through the whole report. You can do that on your own, um, but I have I have listened to it, I have read it, and if this report is true, which we have no reason to wonder or think that 
what they have come up with in the investigation is not true, it is deeply troubling what Ravi Zacharias was involved in. And this is a major, major issue because if you have been on social media for the past few years for sure, you've, you have heard many different pastors uh, or church leaders such as Ravi Zacharias and other pastors in the past few years um, fall into different kinds of sins and specifically sexual sins. And this is a major issue um, and one that needs to be talked about and needs to be addressed. The reason for this is because many Christians have been saved through ministries such as Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. A lot of what Ravi has said and, and went around the world talking about has brought many people to faith in Christ. And those people who have been heavily influenced or even just encouraged by Ravi Zacharias' ministry, and I am one of those, I, I have been deeply challenged and deeply encouraged from the, from the information and the, the resources that, that Ravi put out throughout his, throughout his life. And, and, and this can be deeply troubling to, to many Christians because if they look at a person like Ravi falling as he has, they will question their faith. You may even be wondering and, 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 and questioning, how can you trust a person such as Ravi, such as uh, anyone who proclaims uh, to have this biblical knowledge and yet fall into this kind of sin? How can you trust anyone else? If a leader with this kind of platform and a man who portrayed himself as a godly man, a man that I personally did not know, but I have promoted for years, uh, guiding people with his material and apologetics and just finding encouragement from, from what he has put out. And how can we navigate through this? Because... This can be discouraging, and the enemy wants to tear down people, Christian leaders, pastors, uh, people with a huge microphone, much bigger than I will ever have, so that this can hurt not just the name of Christ, but can hurt the faith of Christians who are deeply committed to Jesus. And when they see a person who portrayed himself with so much godly character and, and see him fall, it can destroy someone's trust and faith, not just in a Christian leader, but in God himself. And that is what the enemy wants from this. But before I get into addressing that part of this issue, there's another major issue that's, that's happening and is coming to light because of this, and it is the call of ministry. Ministry is a dangerous calling, and if you're not in ministry, I encourage you to listen to this because I hope that 
through what I say, through God's wisdom. I've been praying for God's wisdom for this episode, just to give me the words, give me the words to say, um, so I do not say anything false, anything that is out of emotion. Because right now, I, I am I am deeply hurt, and I, I'm I am deeply upset about what has happened in the life of Ravi Zacharias. And if you go and read the the allegations, uh, they are grotesque of what. Uh, of what he did, abusive, um, domineering. Um, if, if these are true, he was a predator. And this gives those who are in ministry and those who desire to be in ministry a dire warning because, like I stated, ministry is a dangerous calling. And if you're listening to me and, and you are desiring to be in ministry, I want you to know it is a beautiful calling. And, and I have adored all that God has allowed me to be a part of because of ministry. I have not been in ministry for very long, only just a handful of years. Uh, but my mentors, as I was entering into ministry, I, I heard the difficulties and the weight that being in ministry would carry. And I never realized it until I got into it. And this is a, it, it's a, not just a job. Ministry cannot be a job. Ministry cannot be just something that you put on your resume. Ministry cannot be something that you just do for a paycheck. Ministry has to be a calling. Because there is a danger in ministry that if we do not take it seriously, if we as pastors, if we as church leaders do not take the call on our life seriously and our walk with Jesus seriously, then any of us can go down a road that will lead to destruction. Any of us. No person should ever be put on a pedestal. And this, this is a lesson that is coming out of this for my life and what is happening with Ra- what, and what has happened with Ravi Zacharias in that no one should ever be put on a pedestal. No pastor, no Christian leader, no para-organization, no para-church organization. Um, no person no matter how, how close they are walking with Jesus, should ever be put on a pedestal. Because higher the pedestal, the greater the fall. But this is a warning for us who are in ministry and for those who are not in ministry just to watch how we live and the desperate need to be close to Jesus. The desperate need to be in the Scriptures, not just to have these this knowledge and these facts about God, but to have this personal, deep relationship with Jesus. Our walk in our relationship with Jesus is the most important thing in our life. Without it, we will all go down a path that God would never desire for us to go down. We cannot live this life We cannot flee from temptation. We cannot 
do the things that God has called us to do without the power of God in our life. And what has happened with Ravi Zacharias, I, I am... I am not in the position to say whether he was truly saved or not. I'm not in the position to say whether he is in heaven or hell or not. That is not my place. I, I, I do not know where he, he stands with Jesus. But one thing I do know is that your relationship with Jesus is of utmost importance in your life. As we grow in our relationship with Jesus, we talk often about this idea of being sanctified, about being changed, about God chipping away the things in our life that should not be there. And without the power of, of Jesus in our life to do that, that cannot happen. And what has happened with Ravi Zacharias and other Christian leaders who have fallen they give us a warning. Their life gives us a warning that we must be close to Jesus. That this idea of abiding in Christ is so important. First John talks about that. We just finished a two-part series recently on the marks of a Christian. How, how can you know that someone is saved? And part of that is remaining in Christ. This idea that we are dwelling in the presence of of Jesus, we can so easily allow our Christian life to be this checklist, religious, legalistic activity that we do to either make us feel better about our life or, or we just our, our walk with Jesus goes no more than a religious act. But this warning that those who have fallen in ministry gives us is our walk with Jesus is important. But also, for those who are called into ministry, I want to read you some passages in Scripture that show why this is such a dangerous calling because it has to be a calling on your life. And, and ministry is wonderful seeing people saved, getting the opportunity to invest into people's lives, the opportunity that we have as pastors, that we have as church leaders and ministry leaders to make an eternal impact on somebody's life is beautiful. And the fact that we can open God's Word and have the privilege and honor to share the truth of God's Word and and see our lives changed through the ministry that God allows us to be in. But not just our lives, but getting to impact the people around us. What an honor and privilege that is. But as much as an honor and a privilege as it is to be in ministry, we have to take it seriously. Because the enemy would like nothing more than to tear down pastors, than to destroy the lives and testimonies of those who are called into ministry. Because then we start questioning, well, if they can fall, if they can be involved in that kind of sin, then why should I even try? Why should I even try to walk with Jesus if this person who seemed to be walking with Jesus for so long, fell into this sin and destroyed their life. 
destroy their testimony, destroy their witness. And that is the lie, and that is the, the, the destruction that Satan desires for your life and for my life. But for you who, who are called into ministry, and, and again, if you are not in ministry, please hear this. Please listen to this. I hope that this will help you understand those who are in ministry and, and help you pray for your pastors and, and give you uh, a, a challenge to pray for those in leadership in your church. Pray for those in leadership in the parachurch organizations that you support and you follow because the target is directly on them in the spiritual realm. The target is directly on them by the enemy. Every pastor in the world, every church leader, the enemy is targeting them directly. And here's why. 1 Timothy is written by Paul. Paul's writing to a preacher boy. And Timothy was a young man, probably in his early 20s. He was a what seems to be a new pastor um, in, in a church that Paul has planted. And he was close to Paul. Um, it seems as if Paul was mentoring Timothy um, and, and gathering him under his wing and giving him uh, the investment in, into understanding ministry. And here in chapter 3 in 1 Timothy, Paul lays out the qualifications for ministry. And I want you to listen to these qualifications. It is a trustworthy statement. If any man aspires the office of overseer, or elder, and, and that is referencing the, the position of a pastor, it is a fine work he desires to do. Paul is beginning here by saying, this is a wonderful thing to desire to be in ministry. This is a beautiful calling. But he says, but if this is you, then listen to my words. Verse 2, an overseer then must be, look at what Paul begins with here, an overseer must be above reproach. I'll talk about what that means here in just a second. The husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not addicted to wine or pugnacious, but gentle, peaceable, free from the love of money. He must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. But a man who does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God? And not a new convert, so that he will not become conceited and fall into the condemnation incurred by the devil. And he must have a good reputation with those outside the church, so that he will not fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Let's go back to the very first qualification. We're not going to walk through all of these, but I want to focus on just a handful. An overseer, a pastor, then must be above reproach. Above reproach. This word above reproach is talking of something that is irreproachable. It is that their conduct, their character, should be dealt with in such a way in their life that their focus on their own character should be protected so tightly 
that that their conduct and their character cannot be questioned. Now, all of us can fall. Every person, like I said in the beginning, no person, no pastor, no church leader should ever, put, ever, 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 ever be put on a pedestal. But Paul is making a point here about the seriousness of ministry and the seriousness of our lives that we must be above reproach, that our character has to be protected. And the only way for our character to be protected in ministry and just in in our lives as Christians is to focus on our personal walk with Jesus. We cannot live the Christian life apart from the power of Jesus. And what has happened with Ravi Zacharias, what has happened with so many other church leaders and pastors, is that either one, there was no calling, or two, something happened in their life to pull them away from their relationship with Jesus. And this is why I have been struggling so hard to do this episode and why I'm struggling right now to do this episode. I don't have any notes before me. I don't have anything specifically prepared because I just want this to be me sharing my heart, me me sharing my concerns and me sharing this, this warning for all of us of what this is bringing to light because we have to be careful in our life. We have to take our walk with Jesus so serious because the damage that is occurring because of what has happened is unexplainable. The, the ladies who are involved, the, who, who are not named, and I think the Lord that they are not brought to light and they're not named, um, their, their identity needs to be protected. They're, they are victims in this. Um, they need to be vindicated. Uh, they, they need to have healing. Um, I, and I pray, I don't know their names, but I pray for every person who is involved in this situation, for God to bring restoration, for God to bring healing in this brokenness. Um, and if somehow this is not true, the, the, that these allegations and this investigation proves to be false, then I pray that that comes to light. But as it stands, there is no reason for us to believe that these allegations are not true based on this detailed investigation. And I deeply hurt for all the ladies who are involved in this situation. They have a long road ahead of them, and we should all be praying for them. But going back to what we were just uh, discussing um, about these qualifications for, for ministry, for those who are to be a pastor or a church leader, um, let's look at, at the, next, um, the next part. So he says, above reproach, <clears throat> the husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. L- listen to these, these qualifications, these characteristics of what a pastor and a church leader should be. Um, temperate, not, not easily angered. Um, prudent and and respectable, and this idea of prudent is is having control of oneself. Think about what that is referring to. 
that, that we must have control over our desires. And we need to give our desires over to Jesus. We must desire to have the will of God directing our lives and not our will. The Bible is very clear that the way of man leads to destruction, but the way of righteousness leads to eternal life. And for us to be self-controlled, we have to give our passions and our desires and our will over to Jesus. And then respectable, uh, hospitable, able to teach. Uh, we, a, a pastor and a church leader has to be honorable, <coughs> free from the love of money, peaceable and gentle. I mean, the, the, these, these characteristics that Paul is laying out here they, they describe a person who is completely surrendered to Jesus. And these qualifications should not just be designated for the pastor. Yes, a, a, a pastor needs to follow these and, and be aligned in these in his life, but this should be a template for every Christian. This should be a template and a model for all of us to follow, this should be the goal for all of us that we should be above reproach and, and to have self-control and to be honorable, respectable, and 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 gentle and peaceable. In reality, these should characterize all Christians. Um, this should be the model that we pursue after to be like. And as we walk in our Christian life and as we grow closer to Jesus... Uh, we trust in His strength, we trust in His power to make us more like Him because that is the pursuit of our life is to be made into the image of Jesus. But the enemy will do anything to try to thwart that from happening in our life. And you may be sitting here and listening to what has happened with Ravi Zacharias, the scandal, uh, these allegations, the investigation, the absolute grotesque predatory like conduct that he had and it can it can really hurt your faith um you you may be trying as hard as you can to walk close to jesus reading the scriptures praying um going to church and and i want to tell you um please do not let this or any other scandal or or fall of man disrupt your walk with Jesus. Our relationship with Christ is not determined on a person. Our relationship with Jesus and our close fellowship with God has nothing to do with any other person. And I plead with you, I beg you, look to Jesus alone. Do not look to a man. Do not look to a woman. Do not look to a Christian leader as your ultimate guide in this life. Look to Jesus alone. Um, I want to share a passage with you that has always been an encouragement to me, especially in times like this, and it's Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12, uh, the author writes to us in verse 1, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race 
that is set before us. And listen to what he says here in verse 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You may question when a Christian leader falls. How could that happen? And, and it, may, it may throw you on your back, and it may uh, bring questions and doubts into your faith. But I want to encourage you that that person is not the author and finisher of your faith. That person is not the one who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Jesus and Jesus alone is the one that we fix our eyes on. We can find encouragement. We can find challenge. We can find uh, guidance from other people that are used by God in our life. And Ravi's ministry was used by God. There is no doubt that, that even in years upon years upon years of, of Ravi being involved in sexual misconduct, and, and, and when you go read this and, and the allegations and the investigation, it was far more than just sexual misconduct. But again, I'm not, my, my purpose here is not to address exactly what has been alleged that he did or anything of that sort, but just to approach this in a biblical way in, in trying to find encouragement in this, trying to find the strength of the Lord in this. But what you will see is that God used his ministry no matter what. God can use a donkey. God can use anyone or anything for his glory. He is the sovereign king. He is the all-powerful creator. And what we have to remember is that when we put our faith and trust for our salvation, we didn't put our faith and trust in Ravi Zacharias. We didn't put our faith and trust in a pastor. We didn't put our faith and trust in a single person but Jesus Christ. He and He alone is the author and finisher of our faith. That means that our relationship with Him is in complete control of His power. And that's where our faith is found. Our faith should not and cannot ever be in a person. People will always let us down. There will always be someone, because we are sinful people, that will let us down. But we cannot let that infiltrate our faith and our trust in Jesus. We cannot let how other people live their lives who profess to be Christians. Now, whether, again, whether Ravi Zacharias was just living a double life and he was not saved but portraying to be saved, whether he was just not believing in what he actually said, or maybe he was saved but just deceived by the enemy. I don't know. I don't know where his heart is. I don't know where he stands before God. Only, only the Lord knows that. But what I do know is that Jesus is enough. Jesus is always enough. He is my satisfaction. He is my joy. He is my strength. He is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my shield. He is where my faith is found. And when Jesus is where our eyes are fixed on, we will not be, de be destroyed. We, we will not be hurt. We will not be affected by what other people 
do or do to us because we trust in the living God. We do not trust in chariots. We do not trust in kings. We do not trust in princes. We trust in the living God, the creator of all the universe. And that's where your hope is found. So my encouragement for you is that if if Ravi's ministry and what has happened with that is affecting your faith, or maybe it's not him, but some other Christian leader has fallen into sin and has ruined their testimony, and you are struggling with your faith and wondering, when will somebody else do that again? Or how can I live for Jesus if they could not do it? Or whatever the lie of the enemy is feeding you, you go straight to the feet of Jesus. You go straight to the one who said that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, that we can cast all our cares upon him because he cares for us, because it was his joy for you, his love for you that brought him to the cross. And that is what our focus has to be on. Yes, these allegations with Ravi and and the fall of so many pastors deeply troubles me. One, because of what it is doing to the church, what it is doing to those people who looked up to leaders like that, such as myself. But number two, the enemy wants to discourage us from living closely to Jesus and make us think that we can never do it. But we trust in Jesus. We live fully surrendered to Him. We give our desires. We give our will. We give our passion. We give our wants. We give everything over to Jesus. And we trust in Him to direct our paths. We trust in Him to guide our lives. We draw closer to Him in His Word. We, we pray frequently, consistently, without ceasing in our life. We get wisdom and godly counsel from other believers. We continue in faithful fellowship in the church. We grow in our walk with the Lord. We impact people with the gospel. We, we become soul winners in our life for the people that we work with, for the people that we uh, surround ourselves with in, in in our inner circles, with our families. We make a kingdom impact with the gospel. And through that, we will see many lives changed and we will be made more like Jesus. I'm going to end this episode on that note. Um, I hope that this brings some clarity, um, at the very least brings some encouragement to you that our hope is not in a person but in the God-man Jesus. And I'm so thankful once again that you joined me here on Firmly Planted Podcasts. I look forward to next time as we get into the scriptures and learn more about our Savior, about our Lord, and be made more into the image of Christ. I'll see you next time.